So newly 40, Alexa Chung shares 40 pearls of wisdom with Vogue. Let's look into these, okay? Number one, wherever I travel, I always regret not packing a navy blue sweater. Okay. Number two, as a 20-something millennial, I knew the world revolved around me and that I was special. By now, I am aware that the exact opposite is true and actually any calamity I have experienced has been encountered by most humans and will be again. It is true that every thorn has a rose and getting through those more testing times has made me certain that dot 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 number three, your friends will be one of the great romances of your life. Okay, that I agree with. I spent a lot of my 30s, a lot of my life, to be honest, preoccupied with romantic entanglements and the pursuit of everlasting, undying love. During that time and the heartbreak I both endured and delivered, I am grateful to have I am grateful to have had the luxury of friends. I could spill my guts. I am grateful to have had the luxury of friends I could spill my guts to and vice versa. I was once so heartbroken I had a spontaneous nosebleed in a Mexican. I was once so heartbroken I had a spontaneous nosebleed in a Mexican restaurant when my friend asked me, how are you? The point is, the people who nurse you through the great loves of your life are the great loves of your life. You are not without love. I actually think that's beautifully written and just very well said and I completely agree with that. And we can really just kind of like distract ourselves from our greatest loves, whether it's the love like your mother shows you or a good friend, an old friend, even an ex-boyfriend who still is in your life for whatever it is. There are so many amazing aspects. There are so many examples of love out there. And I also like that she brought in, you know, that she both endured and delivered heartbreak. Being hurtful, being hurt is something that you can be completely encompassed being hurt and heartbroken is something that completely can encompass you. And I have had serious heartbreak myself as well, as I'm sure most people have, especially if you're listening to this podcast. But I mean, I have delivered some, some heartbreak and I have like, and I find that a lot more torturous like to deliver heartbreak, like if you are hurting someone and you want to end something, or if you're not feeling the same that you were, if you've fallen out of love, delivering that truth to someone when they're still in the throes of love, it's, I, I, I fucking would take heartbreak any day over delivering it personally. Number four, competition is healthy. Turn jealousy, the most devious of emotions into motivation. I agree with that. Jealousy can completely eat you up. I am not someone who's jealous in a romantic sensibility. Like with boyfriends, I've never, maybe like my first boyfriend, like Rilo's dad, I think I kind of had a thing about his ex. I was, I felt a bit like imbalanced because he had had like a big relationship prior to me and I hadn't. And I was maybe a bit jealous of her because I just kind of thought she was fabulous and beautiful and cool and all of these things. And I compared myself to her. But then throughout my loves and relationships mostly I found that men were very jealous of me and my past and my podcast or whatever I was doing and were just always quite like they didn't trust me and they would just be jealous jealous and always there was just that sense of jealousy and it's scary to be around so being on the receiving end of having a jealous 
jealous partners has made me in a romantic sensibility not be jealous however I am definitely jealous of ex-friends in a sense of like I compare myself to them I can feel less than I can feel a load of different things and I have been really actively as I'm taking my healing more seriously I've been actively trying to to turn those feelings inward and question myself why do I feel like that why 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 do you feel like less than something like why are you comparing yourself sorry it's hard to get out why am I jealous of something that I I don't want what is that feeling because it's not like you want that so I'm trying to like unpack that myself I guess you know give myself therapy in a way um and I'm open to going to therapy again but I also think like the real work starts from within and even if you do go to therapy you have to like activate the words so yes turning jealousy into something productive and like stemming from without that hate I'm really trying to shake off anger and jealousy and hateful feelings towards anyone because everyone has hurt someone everyone has made mistakes everyone you know I think it's rare that and everything you know everything comes from a lot of the time jealousy people's actions so I totally agree with that but I think saying turning jealousy the most devious emotions into motivation I think when you are using a negative to get somewhere like if you're like I'll show her I'll be better that's like negative and I don't think it will be like I don't think that's a positive way to like move forward in business or in your relationships or in any part of your life. I feel like I'm trying to configure why I feel like that and how I can turn it into something that makes me feel good because I don't want to sit with those emotions. Number five, nobody, number five, nobody's perfect, including you. Oh my God. Thanks, Alexa. Failing at something sucks, but at least you were bold enough to try. Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty nothing statement. I could see that on a card. I could see that on a fucking, I don't know, a slogan t-shirt and pennies. Number six, sit out a trend if it doesn't suit you. I would love to wear low slung Y2K jeans. Unfortunately, they didn't suit me then and they don't suit me now. I have made my peace with this. Okay, so when the whole low slung jeans started to kind of sneak their way back onto Instagram and into like the runway or whatever we were all getting I was I was scared I was very scared and I have tried it but it's a no for me you have to have like the most impossibly flat stomach to get away with that or else if you don't have that I think you need to have just like an abundance of confidence in your body and wear like wear the low slung jeans with such a kind of like attitude so if you're self-conscious like my my kind of not my what's the word like it's I'm not my my most conscious in my body how am I able to fuck I can't say this I love my body but I am self-conscious of my tummy my stomach my belly I have been I think since giving birth I think just I've always been conscious of it I think getting pregnant and seeing it grow to that size and then the baby comes out and it's this like you know it's a weird jelly belly with no baby it feels different and then like a few weeks after giving birth I remember both times I felt this like sense of elation because you've never lost as much weight 
you know, other than having a fucking baby, pissing out, pushing out a baby, because you're literally dropping whatever the weight of the baby and the placenta is, and you've lost all that. So post-birth, both times, I think a week or so after giving birth, I loved my body. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm so skinny. Like, I've, you're very proud. You have this new baby. I was quite elated and very proud of my body. And I remember specifically putting up these photos on Facebook, like three weeks postpartum. And it was a side shot of me. And like, I thought I was like a size zero vibes. But looking back on those photos, maybe six months, eight months later, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I put those up. It was just the, I guess, juxtaposition between being pregnant and then not having a baby in me and feeling very skinny. And then like six months later, whatever, a year later, looking back at those photos, being like, oh my God, I I wasn't as in my, you know, what I thought in my head wasn't true because I'm looking back at those photos with like fresh eyes. And I've spoken to a good few of my friends who have had babies who have felt the same. Like you have this like, wow, body but then I think I don't know and it's probably bad like if if I could bottle that segment of time when I was like oh my god my body's bang and I'm love myself it didn't last um so yeah I've (laughs) I've always been really self-conscious of my belly even when I've been super super slim and I've had nothing I've always felt just conscious of it been you know I've longed for no I say I've longed I've not longed enough as to like kill it in the gym or you know watch my diet too much or anything like that but I love the look of that kind of like ab body when someone bends over and they don't have any rolls it's just skin rolls like I love that but I'm trying to embrace my body and I have been like we all have since the body positivity movement but yeah I have tried to push myself to wear the low slung jeans because I'm like, no, I will, I don't have to like kind of suck in and tuck in my belly with high-waisted stuff all the time. I should be able to just like accept my body as it is and wear, not to keep up with trends, but also not be afraid of trends. Like just because something doesn't like suit you doesn't mean you shouldn't have fun wearing it. And like I said, I've seen people wear the low, the low slung Y2K jeans and even though they have like a body similar to mine, but because of their attitude, because of their, because of their confidence that they're like, the way they're holding themselves, it looks really good. So I think trends, it's all about confidence with fashion. It really is. Number six, let's be, number six, let's see what she says. Sit out, oh, it's back. Number seven, men's socks are far superior to women's socks why do people think women want very short very thin weirdly patterned socks like we are nine years old question mark i now buy all of mine from the men's department i have such a thing for men's socks as well i love a man who's experimental with a sock i love a man who understands a sock like me and my ex thought about this often he it's i don't know now we had very different style and i think a lot of that was cultural because like, you know, in America, they have just different style than over here. And sometimes he would wear like at a wedding or whatever, a suit and loafers and he'd wear those invisible socks. So you'd see the ankle. I have just such a thing with the men's feet. Like I'm not into them at all. Like I don't like men in sliders without socks. I don't like men in loafers without socks. I don't like 
men wearing those little tiny ballerina socks, like the secret socks. I like a man who appreciates a sock because I feel like with men's clothing, they can't, like they're not accessorizing as much as we are. So like go into the sock land, think Rob Kardashian sock line, like purchase from there, you know, like I love a dress sock. I love a sports sock. Like, I love a man who understands a sock. I would literally, if I was a guy, I would be a sock whore. And I would buy, you know, one of those little sock braces that go around, like, your shin to keep the sock up. Like, when men are wearing kilts or whatever at a wedding or something. I would go heavy into the sock world if I was a guy. I love a plain outfit with, like, a bright pink sock. One of my favorite scenes from Barbie was that when it was kind of, like, the Grease-esque scene when Ryan Gosling was dancing and he's wearing like the black t-shirt and slacks and then this pink sock I'm just like yes it's so cool and men just I don't know the the shape of a man's body and tailoring in men's clothing I think socks just tie everything together it's like handbags it just makes everything different it's like sunglasses I don't know men go down the sock route and also a sock can be a conversational piece I think a guy like i I've seen guys with like quirky socks. You talk about the socks. I've seen guys who wear odd socks. Talk about it. It's cool. Go down the sock route. Eight, I forgot to worry about my neck. Oh no. Even though I read Nora F. Braun, whoever she is, explain she forgot to moist. Number eight, I forgot to worry about my neck. Oh, God. Even though I read Nora Ephron explained she forgot to moisturize her neck when I was in my 20s, I have, in fact, forgotten to moisturize mine and it now features crevices I cannot fix. A friend of mine sings, the neck is a part of the face as he moisturizes. You should too. I have moisturized my neck for years. Years and years and years. I don't know if it's a lack of moisturizing, that's the problem. I think it's incredibly thin skin. I think we're looking down at our phones so much. I constantly can feel, or if I see like a candid photo of me, you know, usually I, like candid photos aren't as like common as they were. But say, for example, Shauna and I will be FaceTiming and she's like, oh my goodness, have you seen this picture? And she'll screenshot it and you can just see me in the corner. And I have like a hundred necks, like the way that I hold my neck. And I think a lot of us, the way that we hold our necks now, because we're so used to looking down at our phones, has just meant that we are like wrinkling faster and our skin there is creasing faster. I think there are ways that you can fix it. I think you can get Botox in your neck now. I, I actually know you can. I remember researching that. You can get filler in your neck. So if there are crevices. So if you are someone like Alexa Chung, who is incredibly wealthy and influential in the beauty and fashion world, I'm sure you could get your neck sorted, bitch. So don't be saying that. It's not as simple as just throwing a bit of E45 in the neck because I've been doing that. That's like just saying, oh, just moisturize and you won't get wrinkles. It's not going to happen. Number nine, if you are experiencing abnormal menstrual pain, go to the doctor. If the doctor doesn't believe you, go to the doctor again. It's a shame we have to advocate for ourselves in this way, but gender disparity still plagues our medical system and women's health is woefully under-researched. You know your body, please keep seeking answers. That's so true and really scary because, you know, like women's health is woefully under-researched. I've been following Nevo's journey as she's been speaking up about like her issues with like serious pain in her like 
abdominal, what's it called? Her vag and she's been bleeding and talking about the coil and crying and retching on stories and saying that she doesn't have answers and it's long waiting times and stuff. I myself was eight minutes late for my last colposcopy appointment in the rotunda and they wouldn't see me. And I had been on, like I took a Valium. It just knocked me for six. And the fear around our health, especially because of the whole smear campaign, it just is... uh, overwhelming and it sorry there's fucking people downstairs making noise it's scary that like you know there just aren't answers sometimes I mean it's I don't know it does seem very under research I know that we've all seen that TikTok that's saying like sometimes your body rejects someone like I have definitely been with men who have just continuously given me UTIs or I've gotten thrush off them sometimes I feel like we should listen to our body so much so that if we are experiencing, like, if we've got a new partner and then since getting this new partner, our vagina is all fucked up and sore and we're bleeding and whatever's going on and there's no answers. I don't know. Try not fucking the guy you're seeing and just see if that helps. Because I do truly believe that your body rejects some people because... I've been in relationships before where I just couldn't stomach sex because I just hated the person or he was being cruel to me or whatever. And it just, my body didn't want to have sex. I wanted to have, like, you know, I wanted to still please this man, but I was like, not, my body was like rejecting it. So it's such a weird thing as well as humans to kind of try and configure between listening to yourself and your body and your head, and your heart. (laughs) There's a lot going on. Number 10, there is well-soiled, there is a well-soiled microphone in some corner of New York that knows, as I now do, that Spice Girls are a terrible karaoke choice, even though Wannabe feels like it falls within the parameters of what makes a good karaoke song. Trust me when I tell you in practice, it will devolve into a shrieking sonic hell that will make everyone realize it's home time. That's so relatable, Alexa. Oh my God, you're so bloody relatable. I don't know, like, since when is karaoke supposed to not be like shrieking sonic hell? 11. Instead, choose Breakdown by Tom Petty. Slinky, sexy, loud, and most importantly, very short. 11. Instead, choose Breakdown by Tom Petty. Slinky, sexy, loud, and most importantly, very short. Okay. 12. Repeat after me. I will not do anything drastic to my hair after a breakup. Hard agree. However, I do feel a couple months or a few months, depending on how long the relationship was. A couple months, a few months, depending on how long the relationship was. I do feel it's nice to give yourself a refresh. I think it's important to like, you know, as I'm going through this breakup, I want to switch up my room a bit. I want to switch up my home, my clothes. There's lots of things I want to just change up. But I do agree. Drastic changes? No. But I do think you need to like find a new life. Find a new kind of lifestyle, you know. And that whole romanticize your life thing does work, I think. New accessories can revolutionize a tired wardrobe. Bored of your coat? Tie a belt or scarf around it. Sick of your shoes? Consider a weird color sock. Red, white or ribbed gear. (laughs) Red... (laughs) Red, white, or ribbed grey are my favourites. Boring shirt, what does it look like with a turtleneck under it or teamed with a nice bra and barely done up? Okay, she goes on and on and on. Um, Never overlooks the power of a well-applied accessory. Yeah, I mean, you're a stylish girly, Alexa. You're 
you're not much, but you're stylish. Um, 14, I used to live in fear of seeming stupid if I didn't know something. One of the most rewarding things I've come to know is that nothing bad happens if you say I don't understand what you mean. I have always been someone who I never exceed past my knowledge. I gladly will say I have no clue about that. I'm completely unversed on that because I think there's nothing. You look a lot more stupid if you're pretending to know something. Sometimes I can catch myself being in a situation when, you know, we're, you're just with that person, like that kind of person who's like kind of giving you these like balls questions, balls questions. Like, you know that movie, Michael Scorsese? Yeah, I mean, you, you must have seen it. You must have seen it. Yeah, I've seen it. I'll, I'll do that just because I can't be bothered with the, you haven't seen? Oh my God, you must see that movie. You haven't seen that movie. You haven't. Like, I hate that. I hate that. But other than those kind of circumstances, I will gladly, willingly just be like, I don't understand this. And, you know, as I get older, I, I find like a lot of people say I'm childish, I'll never grow up. Maybe that is true. Um, I don't really want to grow up. I don't, I don't have to. I don't, I think, like, I don't have to. Growing up is a made up thing. Like, who invented it? Like, I get older. I can't prevent that. I live... Every day I live is a, a little bit longer than I've lived before. But like, I don't want to, I guess, just conform to societal norms. And, you know, around my age, I'm 36 now. For the past like five, six years, I've everyone's been, a lot of people around me have been evolving and the conversation has been evolving. And... I just kind of see myself like floating above that and being like, you know, we are mature. You can be mature. You can be all of those things. It doesn't mean you have to sit around and talk about the war and the housing crisis all day. It doesn't mean that, you know? Um, Nobody wants to hear about the dream you just had. Totally agree with that. Totally agree with that. I have the most like realistic dreams. My dreams are so annoying. Like I have reoccurring dreams where I will have sort sorted out some issue. Say like me and Jenny not being friends. I'll always, I'll have a reoccurring dream where I sort it out in my dream. It all gets hashed out. Everything is fine. And everything's like, there's not that kind of like thing in the air, whatever. It's just not that we're back friends, but like it's sorted it's a, like resolved in a way we're civil and I wake up and I'm like, oh, I can't believe that happened. And then I'll be like, oh shit, it was so realistic, but it's a dream. But yeah, I don't know. But in saying that, my nan, my nanny Gladys, my dad's mum, my dad's an only child and his granny and his mom was like, just, she loved us so much, the four kids. She adored us. And she would stay over in my parents' house a lot. We would stay over with her. And every morning I'd jump into her bed, me and my brother would, when we were really young. And she would tell us about her dream. But it was always the same dream. We just loved hearing it over and over and over again. And it was about, like, she had gone into this shop and then she noticed someone was following her. And she got out, she went out of the stock she went out, she left the shop and she was walking down the street and she could sense this person behind her. So she quickened up her steps and the person behind her quickened up their steps. And she would tell us this story, this dream, day in, day out, over and over again. And we would beg her, please, nanny, can you tell us that story? So sometimes 
it is kind of funny to hear a dream. You know, when your friend has a mad dream and they call you up and they're like, you won't believe what I dreamt about. You're like, what? You know, so-and-so's husband. Well, he was sucking my toe and I was like, I mean, it's just gas. You're like, what? You're mad down the road. I'm never not looking for perfect jeans. It's a lifelong quest. So far, my favourites are vintage Levi's 517s and I pounce on them every time a pair materialises. Again, I agree with that. I I love jeans. I I just, there's so many different styles of jeans. Jeans are like eggs. You can scramble, fry, bake. You can do so much with them. Like there's baggy, there's skinny, there's ripped, there's cigarette pants, there's straight leg, there's cropped, there's high-waisted, there's... I don't know. I, I don't know what one is for me. I'm really loving baggy jeans right now. I just feel cool in them. I feel kind of American. I feel maybe like I could just throw out a fucking wrap. I could just start rapping. Um, they're comfortable. But I, I'm on the quest as well. I have bought so many jeans over the years and been like, yes, this is my denim. This is my jean that I'm going to wear day in, day out. And then after a month or so, I'll be like, these just don't look right. I don't know. I like zips instead of the buttons. I feel like the buttons, again, I'm conscious of my stomach. So I feel like the buttons push out my stomach a bit more. I love a zip. I don't know. I just haven't found the perfect one. I would love, ideally, a kind of loose, like an inch extra around the waist, high, mid-high waist, baggy. I'm tall. A lot of the time in jeans, if they're baggy, when I sit down, you can see me little ankle swinging and it's instantly not cool. So yes, I am on the lookout for the perfect pair of jeans. It's like the perfect handbag. They will never exist. There's just never going to be that because we do live in a materialistic society. I'm aware of the wrong shoe theory has become a thing. And I think my version of it has been to wear flats with fancy dresses and heels with menswear. Okay, I'm into the flats with fancy dresses. and um, Well, actually, no, I'm not into that. It's a bit too girly girly for me. But the heels with menswear, I'm into that. The wrong shoe theory. Let's see what that is. Okay. So this is a stylist. So this is a. So this is a styling trick dubbed the wrong shoe theory by Alison Bornstein, and the hack simply involves picking the most unexpected shoe to finish off a look, giving it more personality. I actually enjoy that. I really totally fucking get that. I remember, I was in school, and I was just I was not great in school like I just couldn't concentrate I didn't care about like the lessons or learning or anything like that so I would just be sitting in class looking at everyone's shoes so much so that I knew everyone's shoes in the whole of my year I knew everyone's shoes like it became a game my friends could say Sean Corcoran, I'd like feel up, da da da. <laughs> like everyone's shoes I knew, including teachers. And I remember one sitting, I think it was CSBA, and I was looking at my teacher's shoes, and she had the most odd pair of like shoes on. They were runners, but they had all these little weird straps, and they were kind of tight to her foot. And they were just so ugly. They were like grotesque. They were weird. They were almost alien like. And she was wearing them with slacks. And I was like thinking to myself, 
what the fuck was she thinking getting up and putting that on? And I still think about that. That's how much of an imprint those shoes against the trouser combo. It it just, it kind of shows, you know, when something is so obscure and just doesn't work in fashion terms, I feel like that is what does work. An odd shoe with something that doesn't make sense actually does make a lot of sense. You know, we've seen that throughout the years, even with like kind of street style, like a trench, like a trench coat with a cap with some new balance and oversized men's slacks. Like that's such a cool look, even though it is all disjointed, like because it's casual mixed with more classic cuts or whatever. So I do like that. Wrong shoe theory. If you're kind of a bit like blah about an outfit, put on something that doesn't make sense. Add like an accessory that like just doesn't make sense. And then it instantly becomes fashion, in my opinion. And if it's wrong and if it makes, even if it isn't nice looking, it kind of still sticks in people's minds, which is cool. The perfect cocktail is Macker's, is Macker's Mark Bourbon on ice with a dash of apple juice. I obnoxiously call this concoction an Alexa. Um, okay. I mean, everyone has their own cocktail. Your cringiest experiences will become your funniest stories. Yes, that is definitely true. Also, your saddest times can become some of your most funniest stories when you're looking back at like when you were in the depths of depression or sadness. Because when me, anyway, as we know, when I am sad and down, I go crazy and like my everything comes out and looking back at times where I've been in distress or depressed I'm like wow Ooh, chat oh oh did I do that okay 20 we're halfway there moths will inevitably savage your knitwear think of your cashmere as something you are just borrowing from them and enjoy it while you can it is a moth's world we just live in it okay touch wood I have, I've never had like a moth eat my clothes, I don't think. Like I have moths flapping about my apartment and I'm always like trying to spray them and kill them and whatever. Like the other day there was one in the shower and I was like, ugh, and I was like fucking with the shower head and like trying to get it down the drain and it took ages because it was like one of those heavy moths, like it it was a fat bitch of a moth and I was like, just trying to fucking get it down the drain so I could get in the shower. And it was taking ages. And then I'm thinking, how the hell are insects, spiders and moths, whatever, flapping about the place and crawling around the place and not getting fucked and not getting killed when a load of rain comes? Where do they go when it's like lashing raining? How are they all still alive? I don't know that. But I've never had a moth go through my clothes. Like, again, I see them all the time in my house. Weird. Are Irish moths not into eating clothes? Has a moth ever eaten your clothes? Thou shall not drunk text. Okay, I'll extend that to you shall not drunk, Xanax, high, coke, anything text. Drunk texting I don't tend to do, but give me a spliff and I will be texting you and I will be texting. I will text stuff that I don't even mean, girls. When I am high, I will text stuff that I don't even mean. That I, like, genuinely, hand on heart, do not mean 
at all. I remember a time where I was high and I just decided to pick a fight with this person that I was, I can't even say seeing, someone that like I had drunkenly hooked up with a couple times. Oh, and he obviously had like started hooking up with someone else drunkenly. Absolutely entitled to do that. I decided that it was not in fact a drunken hookup. It was actually more than that. And me sucking on this fucking spliff, that's what I was thinking. And so I texted him. And it was not even like, oh, guys, okay, you must have been drunk time. It was like 10 to 10. But I was high. I was smoking that weed. I was high. I was high. And I texted him. This is not fair. And I was going back and forth. And he, thank God he was drunk as well. And he was like, what do you mean? And, and I was like, <clears throat> I have feelings for you. And then I said underneath it, man, that was hard to say. I'm sorry, what? Like, I, I woke up and I was just like going through my phone and like knowing, I know when I'm stoned, I wake up the next morning and I'm like one eye closed looking at my phone because I'm like, please God. Because I forgetful when I'm stoned. I don't know what it is. When I smoke, I just kind of forget shit. So I'm like sending songs to people. Like, I don't know if I've said this on the podcast before. I once wrote to Eskimo Supreme and said that I need to get in the studio to make some music with him when I was stoned. Like, the shit that comes out of my mouth when I'm stoned in textual form is so beyond painfully embarrassing. Like, I have feelings for you. Man, that was hard to say. I don't say man. Like, it's like, you know when people say, like, Irish people specifically say, like, a man, a bro, a dude. Like, I guess some guys can get away with it. But, like, come on, girls. We can't. We, it just does not roll off our tongue and we can't get away with it. Man, that was hard to say. Please, can somebody come up with a one shot? Please, can somebody come up with one shoe size chart for the entire globe to adhere to? I think it would greatly lower emissions from the returns people base. Yeah, okay, so she's basically saying that like instead of the 39 or the UK 6, EU 39 and American 8.5, whatever. It should be all sides. I, if I was president of the world, I would have all the same currency, all the same sizes in every, like Zara has to have the same medium as Bershka, as everything. So all the same sizes, all the same currency, all the same language. I just don't really understand why we're all on one world, on one planet vibe, why we're all on one planet and we're like we're talking different language like I can't I can't just move to Spain and be like hey I'm in Spain now great I'll just get a job I have to know Spanish like I did Irish for how many years Diagwich all I know that's it I can't really help Luna with her fucking Irish homework my mum has to so I don't understand like I well I do I I mean I don't want to understand don't be in my DMs being like basically language came from I don't care I think we should all speak the same language all have the same currency all have the same rules like all the same rules like murder illegal everywhere you know like the whole like in america there's different states different laws no one rule like the same just but maybe just the 10 commandments for the whole world all the same currency same language how much easier would life be 
How do you decorate your home is up to you and social media trends are an expensive trap. You have your best taste. Um, I don't think that everyone has taste. There's some people who don't really care how their home looks and there's some people who don't really care about style in general. Um, I have always been someone who is so obsessed with aesthetics, aesthetics of myself. Like I'm inherently like, very married to my sense of style and that's overall that's my style of friends and friendships my style of home clothes food music movies like everything is entwined into like something that really makes me me when I was going out with the rich dude for example and I moved in with him for three weeks <laughs> yes we brought a van of my stuff over let's just not go there but um we might go there at another point but anyway I loved his apartment incredibly wealthy man amazing apartment but it was just not not my style it was like modern and it just didn't have like me and I couldn't live there I couldn't even stay there like for you know I had just met this guy but like I don't know it's weird I need my space to be like me or I'm just not happy I'm very affected by my surroundings like I could not live and breathe sitting down with the with the main light on I just couldn't do that I have to have five candles on I have to have everything neat it's just how I am some people aren't like that in fact I think most men especially that I've attempted to have like relationships with or lived with or whatever They've never had that same kind of aesthetic desire that I have for, sometimes they have for clothes, but for house style, decor, cleanliness, never the same as me. And it's been genuinely like something that has just been, I have never been able to live with someone who would not have the same aesthetics as me. It's different with my kids because I can tell them what to do. I can tell them, like I'm in control of the house and I would just find it incredibly difficult. Like I, I, in my own home, like I rent. I said to my landlord, I can't live like this, babes. If you want to take these black leather couches and put them somewhere else and this coffee table, I can't live with this stuff. I can't house it. I was lucky enough to have a landlord who was like, I don't care what you do with that shit. Just, I don't care. Just get rid of it. So I got rid of everything. Now, obviously there's things like the kitchen that I well, I could if I wanted to because I'm allowed to have free rent in the place, but I wouldn't be putting my money into that. But I had to, over time, just do my house as, like, because, like, I, like my, my bedroom right now is a project that I'm taking on because I need more storage. I will not be happy until that is done. Until it's my true aesthetic and everything is placed in its little area and I know what I have and all that kind of stuff, I will not know peace. So I'm waiting for that day. I am Amazoning some shelving units and blah, blah, blah. Um, but yes, not everyone has that. Not everyone. 24. Nobody ever knows the lyrics to Al Yang Sang. So here's one to remember. Plus, it's a beautiful meditation on honoring times and friends gone by and welcoming the future. We too have paddled in the stream slash from nothing from we too have paddled in the stream slash from morning sun till dine, but seas between us brought... Okay. Since all young I know that song from Sex and the City 1, the first movie. 
when it's New Year's Eve and Carrie leaves her apartment and goes in through the snow and she's wearing like, you know, the little heels and she's trotting through New York to go over to Miranda and that song is playing and it's emotional. I love that song. I've never been in a situation where people know the lyrics. I quite literally know the lyrics to no song. Amy Winehouse, you know, I'm an absolute massive fan. I know them, but when the song is, I can't, like if someone was like, Lindsay, go up there and sing back to black. Go on, you mad cunt. I'd be like, he alone time to regret kept his... Yeah, like I know it, but I don't know it. I just do not have a memory. Like I cannot remember stuff like that. I cannot remember, like I cannot remember lyrics. I could never, I don't know why. It's wild. It is wild. I need to read lyrics. It was like when I was in a band in college, I was writing the songs and we'd go gigging around Ireland. I wouldn't know the fucking songs to my own. I wouldn't know the lyrics to my own songs. I would just be making them up on the stage. I'm like, boop, boop, doo, 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 doo. So if I was ever like make music or even comedy, I cannot learn off skits. I Any comedy show I've done has been completely off the cuff. I've had like maybe a couple bullet points. But anytime I do comedy, I have to do that off the cuff because I cannot learn things off ever. It's just, I don't know how. Luna is incredible at it. She is so good at memorizing lyrics. Like we will be putting up, we will be going to school with fucking demons, Doja Cat on. And she is like singing it like my little me. Like she is killing it with lyrics. Same with dance moves. Like Luna has tried to teach me the most simple TikTok dance moves so we can do like TikTok dances. I can't. I'm just not coordinated like that. I don't know what it is. Probably something I could be diagnosed with and make my whole personality on Instagram. But anyway, 25, only play Hey Jude at a party if you want it to end because there's nowhere left to go after that. Okay, so love that song. It's the Beatles. I'm not a big Beatles fan, but I do love that song. I am notorious. I am notorious. It's now a known thing amongst my friends when I'm drunk and when we're all drunk and we're like at the afters and have a few drinks and clothes or whatever, Jonas or mine or knees, wherever we are. And I'm like, I want to put on a song. No, no, no. On my turn, we've listened to you. I want to put on a song and I'll be grabbing the fucking thing. And it's like, no, Lindsay, no, no. It's a known thing. I'm not allowed because I will be putting on for those I love. I will be putting on Paolo Nutini live acoustic. Like, guys, listen. Guys, guys, guys. I'll be putting on Sinead O'Connor Scarlet Ribbons. Like, this is, like, I can't, I'm not, like, let's, I'm like, let's, let's listen to this song, guys. Let's remember the hours I'm known. <laughs> I'm known. So now I just cross my arms. And I say, I'm not involved. I don't want to be, I don't want to be playing any music. I'll listen to my own music in my own time. Thank you very much. 26, cottage cheese with pickles and hot sauce is delicious. Again, it's so relatable, queen. I'm sure it is. That's random and kind of pointless. 27, I regret remaining in a cat eye. For as long as I did, I spent my 20s in heavy black eyeliner. Ooh, this is very me. At a time when I needed the least amount of makeup on my face, it's also not true that your looks decline as you age. I personally think I peaked around 31, which is crazy because I'm 22 in brackets. 
I think that's the very unfunny joke that she's attempting, which is crazy because I'm 40 or 22. Like, I just don't really find age jokes funny. Like you're saying you're 22. This is quite literally 40 pearls of wisdom because you've just turned 40. I totally agree that just because you're younger doesn't mean it was your most beautiful because as you develop in age, your style and taste and knowledge on beauty and fashion develops as well. And I am someone who has been completely addicted to a really sharp winged exaggerated liner. I have worn it throughout my years. And lately, as I have stopped getting Botox and I've noticed, you know, like just fine lines, the usual shit that happens as you're getting a bit older. Um, I've noticed, I don't know, I don't know if it suits me as much. And I don't know, like, it's just so weird because I'm like, I don't feel done, truly done, unless I have like a really exaggerated winged liner however when I do it I feel overdone I feel like it creases my eye and draws more attention to kind of like the fine lines around my eye and when I do like a more kind of fresher makeup like I've been using a lot of the lukey 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 blushes and bringing like my blush up into my eye on like just under my eyebrow bone even on my eyelid and just having that kind of like those autumnal hues as the kind of concentrated color in my makeup at the moment and then like adding more color around my nose and not doing flicks instead of doing flicks I've been kind of doing like little dots like so I got this brown eyeliner from Essence because I did not I haven't found like a perfect eyebrow flick like I always need to add a few flicks at the beginning of my brow to kind of fill them out and I would consider getting them tattooed actually if anyone has gotten their eyebrows tattooed I know that that was really popular a while ago but um yeah I've been kind of just adding little dots to my face it's kind of I don't know maybe 1920s inspired so heavy blush and those little dots have been kind of my focus now instead of the heavy exaggerated can is it exaggerated or exaggerated I don't know anyway I've been kind of just like stepping away from that winged liner but it's so weird to divorce yourself from something that was just like my war paint. I have not felt my like that is so it just makes me feel like me. And it's like, but is it me? What who who am I? I remember years ago, like it's just funny when we have these things that we're attached to and you sometimes don't realize how attached you are to so, something so silly. Like when I have my blonde dreadlocks I also, I used to wear like loads of bracelets on my left hand and they'd be a mix of like just different kind of bracelets. Like they'd be festival bands and random friendship bracelets and beads and like little studded things. And I just loved the look. It was actually inspired because me and my sisters did the same thing. It was inspired from Dark, the Virgin Suicides movie. Sofia Coppola adored that movie like it was so fucking like it really just I, I, I need to do another episode on how certain movies just like got into my fucking brain and never left there was a scene where Cecilia has slit her wrists and the sisters are banding, bandaging her up and kind of putting bracelets over over her and then like Cecilia was kind of known for wearing bracelets to cover 
her wrist. So I don't know, me and my sisters were so obsessed with the virgin suicides and we emulated so much of the style of that movie into our own kind of wardrobe and style. And I just started to wear loads and loads of bracelets and so did my sisters. And I got so attached to these bracelets. I was showering with them. I was like, they were on me 24 seven. And then like so much so that I was getting like a rash underneath, like the skin wasn't seeing air. Like, (laughs) and I just one day was like, okay, I'm going to remove these bracelets. Like, I'm just going to fucking take them all off. I'm over it. And I was like, oh, I was so attached to something so ridiculous that I really like aligned parts of my personality. And it's like that with the, with the winged eyeliner, I feel still so undone. Even if I spend a lot of time doing my makeup and I really like what I see in the mirror, I'm like, I love this new makeup style, but I feel so not me. It's weird. It's hard to kind of separate yourself from some silly things. Um, 28, always send a thank you card, a thank you card or a thank you text. I am someone who, if we hang out and we come home, like we leave each other, we're like, bye, bye. I will text you after. I'm like, I had the best time. Loved having out. Loved hanging out with you. Love you so much. I'm that kind of girl. I just can't. I can never just be like, God, that was so much fun. See you. Bye, bye. And like maybe in a few days, text that person. No, I'll be home. It dates anything. I just want to, like, I feel there's some, like, tension if I don't just get it in there. Loved hanging out with you. That was great. Thanks. <laughs> 29, probably obvious, but you don't have to use makeup as it was intended, i.e. lipstick for blusher, lip balm for a glossy lid, etc. That's very true. And I actually think that that needs to be said because... I have been like, oh my God, I am being crazy right now. I'm putting a lip balm on my goddamn eyelid. Oh my God. You know, like it's really not that crazy. Like, I think I'm genuinely Steve Jobs when he created the iPhone when I'm putting that Lukey Lukey blush on my eyelid. I'm like, oh wow, I really did something there. You know, like it's not that crazy to just experiment and like wear your makeup how you want to wear it. 30. Never ever smoke. Don't even think about it. Just literally never even try one because it fully is not worth it. I wish I could go back in time and never have a cigarette. Except in Paris. Okay, you fucking idiot. You completely just said something insane and then went back on it. I mean, of course. Never smoke, never drink, never do drugs. Never live. What's the point? (laughs) Um, 31. All young people are beautiful. My mother used to tell me this and I didn't understand what she meant, but now I frequently find myself smiling at young people on the tube just because I'm struck by the loveliness of youth. Yeah, I think we know that youngness is gorgeous and youth is beautiful, Alexa. I don't think, and I think that's very dumb for you to add into your 40 pearls of wisdom with age. You know, as you turn 40, you're saying youth is beautiful. One of my favorite scenes in the Barbie One of my favorite scenes in the Barbie movie was when the Barbie creator's daughter, I think, is in it. And she is sat at the bus stop next to Margot Robbie. And Margot Robbie says, like, you're beautiful. And she said, and the older woman says, like, thank you or something. Youth is beautiful, but so is, so is, like, older people. Like, my nanny Gladys, who I spoke of earlier, who I should absolutely do a podcast on because she was an always will be an icon and just someone who even though she's passed is just so close to my heart she's like 
if she was still alive, I know she would be my biggest supporter. I know she'd fucking take any bitch on for me. She was that. I am her granddaughter. She has instilled like so much strength in me. And I remember when I'd go over to her house, like after school, in secondary school, she lived in Malahide Village. I went to school in Malahide and I'd walk to her house where she'd kind of collect me halfway in her little Honda Civic that she called Honey and drive me back to her apartment in the marina, which I burnt down anyway. And um, she'd make me like crispy pancakes that were filled with like bacon and like, I don't know, microwave chips. And it was the most delicious meal I had ever had in my life because she made it. And I would look at her and her white hair. She had this like stark white hair that she, you know, would do every day with her rollers and it would be big and like a big cloud. And she had like such frail hands that like you'd just brush off and a big purple bruise would appear. And it was just so beautiful. She only wore like a little bit of lippy and Max Factor powder, like the kind of compact powder, put that on her face. And I would smell it off her, the smell of that like talky makeup. And I just loved it. And I just loved her and I thought she was the most beautiful thing so I just think to say young people are always beautiful no shit that's something I don't want to know any I know well I know that that's something I do know but I don't need to be reminded of Alexa Chung in the 40 pearls of wisdom thank you thank you if someone isn't texting back, it's not because they're playing it cool. They haven't run out of battery. They didn't maybe leave their phone somewhere. It's because they're not interested. Sorry. It's because they're not interested. Sorry. The good news. It's because they're not interested. Sorry. The good news is this person isn't for you and you've dodged a bullet. And I promise the right one will turn up. This is not true, Alexa. The right one doesn't always turn up. There are people who never find someone that they spend their life with or that they end up with. There are lots of people who die alone. Matthew Perry, for example, died the other day. Never got married, never, like, whatever. Does that mean, like, that he never, like, is it that big of a loss? Jennifer Aniston, let's keep it in the friends realm. She has had two failed marriages. Maybe they were successful in certain senses but like they you know she is essentially a single woman you know I just don't think I hate that bollocks like this is you're lying to me first of all you've dodged a bullet a bullet that's a bit extreme if because someone's not texting you back and I don't really like I have probably missed out on really cool guys just because I haven't texted them back guys that maybe would have been good for me because I was just focused on other things or another guy. I think there is like a lot of, like there's a, a, a high chance that we've missed out on a lot of dick, a lot of nice guys because of many different reasons. Oh, well, you know, I just don't believe this bollocks of like, the, this person isn't for you. You've dodged a bullet. The right one will turn up. Sometimes they don't. Not everyone has a soulmate. I don't even know if I believe in soulmates. For some people I do. But like, again, these things are just made up, you know? Being in love is just a made up thing. Falling in love is made up. The word soulmate, it's all made up. You know? 
Even marriage is made up. People are married and they're fucking other people. Or they're not sleeping together. Or they're fighting every day. Or they hate each other's guts. It's all made up. Everything is made up. Once you think of that, I don't know, it's really set me free. Another point on etiquette, she says, I hate being late for things and also think it's rude when others are late for you. Someone once said, it might have been me. I, someone once said, in brackets, it might have been me. I measure disrespect in minutes. Ooh, that's good. I acknowledge this is an extreme opinion. I, in the past couple of years, have really tried to implement being on time as like being very strict with myself if something is on at half two, I will be there at half two or 20 past two. I do not like being late. It is something I used to be. I used to be so all over the place. I remember once I was two hours late for a date. Two hours. Two hours. Like, that's insane. It's so rude. Now, in, in saying that, I left late and then there turned out to be a marathon and I was in a taxi and it just was a whole... But I had left late. But like I had not managed my time well and I just didn't really respect, now in fairness I didn't know this person, but it is still disrespectful to just like not respect someone's time. I now make sure to, you know, time everything. It really frustrates me, especially with Dublin public transport, because so many times recently I have timed the train or the bus and even a couple of weeks ago I was going into town meeting someone and the bus just stopped just stopped just before going like to Connolly station that bus stop just stopped it didn't make any sense it was a full bus there was no speaker like nothing was being said and I was texting this person being like I'm so sorry like I'd given myself so much time I just I can't stand being late I hate the feeling it gives me I don't like when other people are late it happens a lot when you work for yourself doing nails and tattoos. People are like, oh, I'll see what for. And then they're like, oh, I'm, I'm a bit stuck because they know you're doing it at home. I don't think they appreciate your time as much or respect that it's kind of important to be on time. But it is good to be, it's just respectful and it's better for you. It's better for me. It's better for everyone if you are on time. So I agree with that. If the bottom of your jeans become too narrow slash wide for whatever is fashionable, cut them into shorts. Um. Yeah... I'd have a lot of weird looking shorts if I did that. When we were younger, my friends and I had a mantra we would repeat in case of a run-in with an ex. Happy, pretty, busy. Yeah, okay. I mean, it's a bit dumb, but okay. 36, we're getting to the end, girls. If I'm staying somewhere strange and want to make it feel like home, I hang my dresses on the walls like paintings. That's both dumb and quite nice in in this. Like, it's dumb, like... if you're staying somewhere strange, why, where, why are you bringing your dresses? <laughs> like, where are you fucking going? Your bag full of dresses. <laughs> Bit Victorian. Um, but I do agree. Like I was speaking about earlier, just like my obsessive kind of desire for aesthetics in my home and life overall. That, when I go to hotel rooms, I like to bring incense. I like to bring little things that are like me because I just don't feel at home in places unless there's an element of kind of me and my style. So, yeah, I wouldn't even just do that if it was somewhere strange. I kind of do that anywhere. If I had to choose, I would invest in good shoes over any other wardrobe item. Hmm. For me, it's a bag. I don't know. There's something about a designer bag that just 
it just hits diff. It just makes me feel better than. Better than you, better than you, better than. It just makes me feel good. Shoes are quite literally on the floor. And I do agree, like, I have good quality shoes, but I think, like, I don't agree with really expensive runners. I don't agree with, like, designer runners. I think they're a whole load of shit. Like, people are literally spending a grand on designer runners. I find that wild. Runners crease. They don't age well. Like, I don't know. In saying that, I have a pair of Yeezys that I fucking love. I had to buy them because I was in Marbella a couple of years ago, and I... I just didn't ha- bring runners from for whatever reason. I just really wanted to like be, I think I was wearing a bike or some shit like that. So I had to buy runners. And because it's Marbella and it's so fucking OTT and expensive, they only had these kind of like weird shops that did like Yeezys and like special Jordans and whatever. So I bought a pair of Yeezys and they have kept so well. They haven't creased at all. They look fucking cool. I'm going to buy some fake ones because Rilo bought some fake ones a month or so ago and we have a couple pairs for him and that are real and we've compared the real and the fake and like no difference no difference so I'm going to get him to source me some Yeezys because yeah but I do not agree with spending a fucking load of money on runners and I think you can get like a really nice boot and you don't need to spend like for example, back when I was earning a lot more money, I bought Fendi boots because, <laughs> to be honest, my ex didn't get my Doc Martens. I have these like beat up docks that are like torn. I've had them like maybe seven to ten years. I've had them so long. They are like, I don't know. Men do not get these shoes. Both of my exes hated them. They were just like, what the fuck are those? Like, what are those? Like, they don't get the shoes. And my ex fucking ex ex revoluted me money for these Fendi shoes that looked like Doc Martens, but they're Fendi. They have like the double Fs. They're so fucking sore. Like I can't wear them. The leather is like a little bit cracked at the top. Like I brought them in. I bought them around Thomas. Like they are Fendi shoes. They're about eight fifty. Um, and my Doc Martens are much better quality. So I disagree in terms of yeah investing you should be investing I think in clothes in terms of like how they're made that's why I always say actually remember years ago if you're an OG snapchat girly you will know that like I got cancelled not cancelled sorry that's the wrong word I said something about Pip O'Connor it's not cancelled at all um she had brought out Poco by Pippa the fucking jeans and everyone was going mad for these jeans and I was getting so many snapchat messages being like have you bought the Poco jeans have you bought the Poco jeans what do you think of them I'm thinking about investing and I was like oh my god I can't fucking take this anymore so I went on snapchat stories and was like guys I'm not gonna be fucking paying so-and-so amount for these fucking jeans made by some goddamn influencer if I want good quality jeans, I'll buy Levi's jeans since they've been in the game for like, what, hundreds of years and are known to be really good quality and they're probably around the same price and they're probably around the same price as Poco jeans. Like, why would you be buying something that a random influencer is making and not go for Levi's? Like, just stop asking because I was just getting irritated that I was getting this question asked so much. And Tignum, the... um influencer mum, woman, whatever you want to call her, she had been like my Snapchat friend, my mom friend on Snapchat. She like befriended me and Claire Balding at the time and would message me and she rang me up and she was friends with Pippa O'Connor and she was like, Lindsay, take down that story. That's really not okay. I've been on to Pippa and she's really upset about the story, blah, 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 blah. 
I was like, what? Like, I just found it so entertaining that me, like me on single parent allowance, sat in my gaff yammering on about whatever would have any impact on like, I didn't really understand the impact of, like, my words online back then. Maybe I still... Do. I do now, but I just don't care. But back then, I didn't understand. And um, and I wrote to Pippa. I'll actually have to fucking fish out that... Um, let me see if I can find it. Hold on. Because I just didn't believe... Like, I didn't believe that Pippa was fucking mad. Do you know the way? Like, I just didn't believe that at all. Let me see if I still have it shit I do she's unsent her shit but this was in 2017 um so she actually had written back but she's unsent the message so I to fucking be a bitch because I just knew Tignan was trying to like control my social media because she was trying to do the same with Claire Balding again me and Claire should fucking do a podcast on that because it was iconic times so I slid into Pippa's fucking DMs. Hey, Pippa, it was brought to my attention that you called Melissa Barry, in brackets, Tignum, distressed about some snaps I made about your line Poco. I just wanted to reach out and say I was snapping about them because part of what I do on Snapchat is is discuss bloggers, brands, and try to see what the general consciousness is and whether they're worth the hype. I question the price of your jeans because I'm a fan of Topshop jeans, which are reasonably priced, in my opinion. (laughs) After saying this, the majority of my followers got back to me singing Poco's praises and I published all of those reviews. I wanted to say the above just so I know you're getting the story from the correct source. Hope you understand, Lindsay. Um, Again, it's like there's no response from Pippa, but I remember she did respond and she said something like, what did she say? She said like, I never made a call to, Tig- to Tignum, which I knew she didn't because Tignum said that to me and I just knew it was a fucking lie. So I wanted to basically just like rat out Tignum because I was like, you're fucking lying. (laughs) God, I'm such a drama queen. Anyway, um, she wrote something like, I am just the type of woman who prefers to uplift other women in business, blah, blah, blah. I was like, all right, you fake bitch. Um, But that is something that I used to do on Snapchat, which was really fun and kind of cool I liked to use my followers reviews like the real reviews the real reviews instead of saying like because the people who were watching me in Snapchat and even you guys like you like you buying a product you have no like you're the truest consumer more so of course than like an influencer who is trying to get free products or be known as someone who gives good reviews so like I liked to use my listeners or my viewers as people who were who were like you know for example I had a load of shit with um Coca Brown I started to talk about Coca Brown tanning mousse and how it kind of like I don't know it irritated my skin a bit and I got hundreds of fucking pictures of people with like hives all over their chest and arms and like their written experiences about using it and I I put them all up my Snapchat and it got fucking like I don't know maybe I fucking was to I don't know Melissa Carter Melissa what was it what's her name Melissa Carter she's not doing too well I, don't, I doubt I fucking helped her sorry public apology but yes I did used to do that and I did it with Poco jeans and I mean I wouldn't lie to Poco I think a lot of people liked the fucking jeans and said they hugged in all the right places 
and she's a very successful woman so fair fucks it's like you know i believe in influencer products the good will always outweigh the person that's a good product do you know like that's like say fourth arc does have not much to do with rosie connolly anymore people really just like a basic brand not a but and i don't mean basic in a mean sense i mean like people love this chic simple like they like the logo they like the colors they like the fit and it's they like you know if i see people on it i instantly i'm like oh that's a nice time. oh it's fourth arc it's it's gone past rosie connolly it's not about her i don't think anymore and that's a true band and that's kind of inspiring when you see that people can do that but um wow that was uh i digress that was a fucking i just went off on one there <laughs> 38, Baz Lerman, I cannot say his name, Baz Lerman, Baz Lerman, <laughs> Baz Lerman was right, always wear sunscreen, I love that song, listen to it on YouTube if you um, haven't heard it, it's kind of it's like a, always wear sunscreen, do not fight with your parents because they will die, it's like a song that was huge and back in the day and it's kind of uplifting. The last one, we got there girls, what is Alexa Chung's last pearl of wisdom? As she hit 40. My FOMO is slowly transforming into FOGO. In brackets, fear of going out. And I didn't see that one coming. Some days I feel 80. Some days I feel 18. Life is relentlessly messy and fun and mortifying and hopeful. So be kind. Be honest. And above all, don't let the patriarchy get you into a spiral about turning 40. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Like a chung. Ugh. Sorry, that last part gave me the ick. Uh, I think, you know, that's kind of a lockdown. I learned, we learned this from lockdown. I am completely in fear of going out, like that fucking rave, scared the bollocks out of me. I was like, oh, I would love to just be getting like a little takeaway and some treats and sitting in my jammies and cozy socks with a hot water bottle, watching Big Brother reruns or like a fucking movie. Like the thoughts of heading out, taxis, drugs, drinks, pretty little thing, outfits, screaming at people, probably getting, you know, fights with friends like who's going here who's going there trying to escape the night like it's all so much and I think from lockdown when we had such intense time just being like uh, in coziness and longing like when I was in that I was like longing to be in a pub like pissing in an alleyway after fucking being out all night, whatever. Like, I was longing for that. Now that the whole world is open to us again, I'm like, do you know what? I love staying in. And it's a real weird kind of, I think it's the fear of just everything. I think now as humans, we're just like, no, we're never just happy. We're, all, nah, nah, we're always like, nah, nah, always in someone like, oh, I don't want to go out. I don't want to stay in. Like you stay in and you have a cozy weekend, wholesome vibes and you get fresh Sundays and all that bollocks. And you're like, oh, feel like the only fucking person in Dublin not out this weekend, Jesus. And then you go out and you're like, never drinking again, never. So it's just like, just oh, shut up. Let's just try, try and just at least enjoy our lives. Alex Chung is 40. She's loving the youth on the tube. She's into socks. She hangs dresses in weird hotel rooms. That's what we know about her. That's what we know about Alexa Chung at 40. <laughs>